of the New Testament church, uh, and the documents that we have in the scriptures concerning the nature of the church, also some letters that were written by the early church fathers concerning the way the church was prior to that time, um, around 400 uh, A.D., in which um, Constantine essentially destroyed the nature of the New Testament church and instituted a Romanized, to some degree paganized version of the church. And that's really what has been the legacy of the Christian church in Western civilization. I believe God has broken out at various times, and we call those revivals or renewals in the history of the church for thousands of years, but, but God is now restoring a lot of the New Testament church structure. So we've been talking about the nature of the church and the nature of this church, and um, what I want to talk about today is what a lot of us are familiar with concerning this church. If you've been coming for a few months, you haven't been able to miss this, and that is that we're a church that wants to become what's called a house of prayer. So we believe that everything we do, everything that we initiate, sustain, and roll out, and then maintain as it grows into the future, has to be absolutely saturated in and um, energized by prayer. And you know, when I say that, and I teach this message on the House of Prayer, different churches, different vineyards in the U.S., when I say prayer, I think what pops into people's minds is an image of rather dull people who are doing a rather dull thing. And they have a dull list of requests in front of them, and they dully pray through the requests. And that's called prayer. And I'll be honest with you, when I came into the Lord, um, that's what I saw demonstrated in prayer. I've come to learn that prayer is so much more dynamic, so much more actually exciting. There's so many facets to it, so many uh, ways in which prayer can happen. And I love to interact with the Holy Spirit and His creative nature as He speaks into the hearts of those who pray and establishes His own agenda in prayer. So we may bring a list to God, but then He speaks His own list to us, and we pray according to the way He wants that done. But you know, because of that first image, that prayer is really boring, I think many, many Christian people don't pray, A, and B, when they do pray, they really don't know what they're doing. They don't pray intelligently. They don't pray biblically. They don't pray in a way that is intended to do what prayer is supposed to do, and that is to bring heaven to earth. They don't know how to do it. And I'm not saying that to condemn people. I'm just saying that that's certainly the way I was when I came to the Lord. I came to the Lord dramatically. I was, you know, really brought into his kingdom big time. But then, you know, I didn't know this thing called prayer. And so I found, found that most of my prayers were ineffectual. They, they, they didn't do anything. And I, you know, talked to God, and I kind of came to God, you know, hoping that he would 
do what I asked her, hoping I was asking correctly or whatever, you know. And, and uh, I was not very good at seeing prayers answered. And you know the astounding thing is there are places in the Bible, in the New Testament, that indicate to me that people who prayed in Jesus' name in the New Testament expected their prayers to be answered fully and completely all the time. That's a really high bar. But you kind of have to know what you're doing. It's like, it's like if somebody asked me to fix their car. You know, when I was a kid, my dad expected me to do a lot of stuff practically. The one thing he forgot to do is he forgot to instruct me how to do any of it. And so he would say, Bruce, go into the tool shed and get a bilateral quarter-inch, nine-foot-long tool that I'd be there. So I'd go off to the tool shed, open the door, stand in front of the tool racks, and look. Turn around. (laughs) Go back to my father. It's not there. (laughs) I didn't have the slightest idea what I was doing. So I couldn't do the job. I couldn't even get the tools that would write for to do the job. No idea. No instruction. So essentially, that's where a lot of people are with prayer. We've had no instruction. So what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about this amazing thing that God has given to his people called prayer, which is the mechanism, the one mechanism that God has designed to bring the resources of heaven. I'll I'll refer to that often, that phrase, resources of heaven. God's own stuff, God's own reality that's stored up, that's contained in his kingdom that Jesus came to release into the earth. So that kingdom reality is accessed by intelligent prayer, biblical prayer. So if we don't know how to pray, then we're not going to experience the resources of the kingdom, and then we're going to conclude that this Christianity thing is kind of a weak something that we, you know, can maybe abandon and try something else because, well, that didn't work. Well, it didn't work because we don't know what we're doing. I, I want to use this little visual reference here. It occurred to me that this is kind of from the last week. Remember that box that was wrapped up that I gave to Martha? Remember that? Well, this is the unwrapped version. And you can't see it because you, the, the letters are probably too small. But this says, Kingdom of God. Okay? Now, we've got, other, we've got things over here that are contained in the kingdom of God. Contained in God himself, in Jesus. Wherever Jesus is is invited in and and manifests his presence. That's where the kingdom of God is. And where that occurs, there's power over sin. There's peace. There's joy. There's truth, life, heaven, and not only heaven as a future destination after we die, but heaven's reality, heaven's purity, heaven's incredible joy breaking in to this dimension now, that's all part of the kingdom of God. 
And we've got power from God to do well in all things. Do you know that's the meaning of the word prosper? Do you know prosper is not a dirty word? Whoa. Prosper is not a dirty word in Christianity. Do you know God wants us to prosper? The word means to do well. I always wanted to do well in school. I always wanted to do well in theater. I always wanted to do well in... Anything I was involved in, I think you're kind of crazy not to want to do well. Well, I'm in this thing to do terribly. <laughs> no, nobody goes into anything with that attitude. We always want to do well. So God is for us, not against us. <laughs> He's against us if we're not doing stuff that he wants done. If we, like, you know, are intending to become a serial murderer, he's not for us. He's against that. But for the things that are good, intrinsically good and valuable and, and bring life, Jesus said, she said, I bring life and life abundantly. It's the thief or the enemy that steals and kills and destroys. God's on the other side. He's building things up. He's releasing life. He's, he's, he's releasing his love into manifestation wherever he is. <clears throat> so, he, this is what he wants to bring. So, now the reason I've put the kingdom of God in a box, you ever heard of putting God in a box? <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> so this is the kingdom of God in a box. All right, now, Jose, come up here a second. Do you want, <laughs> wait a minute, got to get this right. Jose, do you want the kingdom of God in your life? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Here's the kingdom of God, Jose. I have it for you. (laughs) He chased me down. He's a God chaser. All right. Wow. Oh, you think you're done? All right, so the kingdom of God is available to you. It's in this box. You know it's there. You can see it written, right? It's it's written in a way that you can read. These are promises to you, Jose. Okay? Now, there's a way that you can access the kingdom of God coming into your life. What is that way that God has designed for human beings to access the kingdom of heaven into their lives, Jose? Yes, Jose. Ding, 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 ding. Jose has the right answer. All right. But when you pray, Jose, you are going to have to do something in order for the contents of this box to come into your life. What are you going to have to do, Jose? Believe. Yes. In Jesus' name. Yes. And receive. Oh, Jose says he's going to pray, he's going to ask, and he's going to receive. So demonstrate to this wonderful audience, Jose, how to receive the contents of the box of the kingdom of God. Very good. Let's have a big hand for Jose. That's it. Bye. All right. So, I am demonstrating something that I actually entitled as this, the sermon's topic, The 
indispensable element of prayer. Now, if I throw that out to you, you may have several things come up in your mind. What is the indispensable element in prayer? Well, there may be possible good answers to that. But for the purpose of what I'm doing today, I am positing, I am suggesting to all of you that the answer to that question is just that we saw, just what we saw Jose do. He had to reach out and grab hold of and receive into his own life the contents of the kingdom of God. Now, the illustration breaks down because Jose did that visibly with a material box, right? But what I'm teaching you to do this morning, and what I'm saying is the one indispensable element of prayer, is that we need to get how to do that spiritually in the invisible realm of faith, okay? Now, some of you already know what I'm talking about, but this will be valuable to you because it will reinforce it. It will make it more effective in your prayer life. Some of you will conclude this is new, and you'll wonder, is it in the Scripture? So I want to dive into the Scripture, and um, I don't think we can pop the Scripture up, and I, we didn't do slides this time. So I'm just going to read to you these Scriptures. Got two or three here. Luke 12, 32 says this. Jesus is speaking, and he says to his own disciples, he says, Do not be afraid, little flock. And then he says, why not to be afraid? For your Father, the Heavenly Father, has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. That's so cool. I memorized that early on as, as a believer. So let's say that together. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father, memory failure, has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Awesome. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. That means that the image of God is this grand, majestic, celestial giver. His nature is to give. You know, I talked last week about the scripture, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I kind of questioned, you know, the Lord, why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Because receiving, we're talking about it today, is a blessing. But why is it more? It's because the nature, the essential nature of God is to be a giver. The The essential nature of love is to give out beyond yourself for the benefit of others. That's what love is. And God is love. So his essential nature is to give. And he wants to give us the kingdom. And I love the wording of the scripture. Scripture says he has chosen gladly. So God himself made a choice concerning his own will. Of course, when God chooses what to do, it becomes his will, right? So his will is to release to us always the fullness of his kingdom. And he does it gladly. 
You know, I told you before, but there's a, there's a stream of truth that's flowing in the body of Christ all throughout the world, the, the hundreds of millions of Christians. There's a stream of truth called the Father's Heart. We're having something called an A school here in September that, that is part of this stream of truth and experience. It's not just theoretical truth, it's experience. Uh, and and it, it, what it is, it's a revelation of the true nature of God. And it's, it's antithetical to, it's opposite to the, the, the more traditional nature of God is this being, you know, who sits on a throne up in, up in heaven and strokes his beard with wrath in his eyes and, and is just looking for opportunities to zap you if you get out of line. There, there is such a thing as the wrath of God and there is such a thing as, as the anger of God that's been poured out. But you know what? Because of what Jesus did, that's been totally satisfied. For those who believe in Jesus. And so that side of things, which is a legitimate side of God, that side of things has been fully taken care of. And now we are free to receive into our own lives and then through us, out into the world around us, the side of God that is his essential nature, which is to be a giver and filled with love. And we're to reflect him. So the loving kindness in him is to be reflected out of us wherever we go. There's a phrase, we contain God. We, contain, we are God containers. And so wherever we go, we, we, we radiate. We are to radiate who is in us. We have been fused with God. We are in union with him. And so his nature and our natures are are combined together. He is always God and we're always us, but there's somehow this wonderful union in which when we release love to people, it's God flowing through us releasing love. So, and all this kingdom stuff is accessed by prayer. So the Father is delighted. He's chosen gladly to give us the kingdom. So let that be the first thing that we understand about prayer. God wants his kingdom resources to be ours. And those resources are to be in abundance. Let me, let me debunk another um, myth about God. And I held this myth because it was taught in the church where I was first brought to the Lord. And that is that God is a God of sufficiency. Now, when I say God is a God of sufficiency, some of you are going to go, yeah, it's true. God is a God who gives you enough to meet just enough to meet your needs, to just, to just get by. And I used to believe that was the limit on God of his provision to me. But I have seen in the scripture over and over again since then that God is a God not just of efficiency, sufficiency, but he is a God of abundance. Read through 2 Corinthians and you'll find the word um, bountiful or abundance or uh, related words describing how God's resources come to us and how we therefore are to release out from us his abundance as well. But he is a God of more than enough. You know, when he fed the 5,000 and then the 7,000, he didn't give just enough. He gave baskets and baskets. And these aren't just little baskets like this. These are big baskets. 
Mm. Oh, food. Where's my water? Uh, I think it's it's my water. It's my water now. So God is a God of abundance, and He delights to give into our lives. You know, it's not God's will for any people of the earth to be in poverty. Poverty is an ill that wherever Christianity has been planted in the earth, the socioeconomic system of that country or that tribe has begun to change and God has begun to build up societies because he's a God of abundance and he loves to give not just enough but more than enough so that's that's part of the nature of God I want us to see that some of us have a poverty mentality and we need to simply move away from that and not expect that from God I mean subliminally expected I, I came into christianity you know and there was an undercurrent in me of of somehow believing that not having enough and struggling through and 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 and, and being being insufficient was was okay now i didn't conclude that in the way i was to function in life but in in financial things i thought well that was just pretty spiritual to have to really struggle well there is a time when we struggle But then I believe God grows us out of that and we come into a place where God's full manifestation of his will for us is to walk in abundance. Though the poor will be with us always in this age, Jesus said, it is at the same time, I believe, not God's will for poverty to rule a people. I certainly think God, well, I know I don't want poverty to rule me. And I don't think God, I don't think you want poverty to rule you. Okay, so. Or others. Absolutely. All right. Now, two scriptures. Matthew 6.10, very familiar. In response to Jesus uh, telling his disciples how to pray, because they say, Lord, teach us to pray. He gives them the Lord's prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer. But right at the very beginning, after the first element of that prayer is, we're to come to the hymn and say, Heavenly Father, hallowed or, or, or awesome or separated or glorious. You can kind of add whatever word in there you want. The traditional one is hallowed. Sanctified is your name. That's number one. But then the second and third elements of that prayer are, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So again, remember, this is prayer. Prayer is the mechanism by which the resources of heaven are brought to earth by the church praying for God to do just that. And so the quintessential prayer that Jesus gave to the church to be prayed in its essential elements in different ways, of course, but the essential elements of the prayer are to be are to be centered on the bringing of heavenly resources into the earth. And then Jesus goes on, of course, and talks about daily bread and forgiveness and other things having to do with a righteous life and a blessed life. But he starts out with this, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now John, the disciple 
writes in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, he writes also about this amazing mechanism called prayer. And here is where we begin to see more clearly this element that I demonstrated with the illustration having to do with Jose. And here's the scripture. And this is the confidence. So basically, John is saying, look, I'm about to tell you why we who have trusted in the Lord, why we've followed him, we're, we're the apostles who he chose. Why we? We have a great confidence or an assurance, or some translations say a boldness, almost an audacity. There's an element, by the way, in successful praying that is audacious, that is beyond what we would consider polite society. We're almost demanding things. And see, everything within me when I first learned this was like, no, 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 no. That is an impolite child. You do not want to approach God as an impolite child. But God actually instructs us, come to me boldly. Come to me with, a, with an audacity, almost a, a loving fierceness. Kind of a strange juxtaposition of words there. But a loving fierceness. So he says, and this is a confidence which we have before God. That, here's the confidence, this is what we're assured of, that if we ask anything according to his will, remember what Jesus prayed? He said, pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done. So when we pray according to his will, this is the will of a being who is utterly good, who is utterly loving, who wants life to rule over death who wants value and honor to rule over all things that destroy value and honor. This is the God whose will we are going to pray according to. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we know, now we get into two knowings. The first thing we know, we know that he hears us in whatever we ask and if, he, if we know that, then we know that we have the requests that we ask of him. Now, I'm going to give you one other scripture, but I want you to kind of hold the wording of that scripture in your mind, and I want you to focus particularly on the last part. If we know that he hears us when we're praying, this is in the context of active praying, if we know that he hears us, we ask according to his will, he's going to hear us, And we know that if he hears us, then we have the requests that we are asking of him. That word have, interesting, we think simple word, and we would just gloss over it usually. But the word means to hold on to, it means to obtain, it means to own or possess or receive or seize. So it means so if we if we unpack this, if we know if we know he hears us in whatever we're asking, then we know at the same time, these are two knowings, we know that we have or we seize hold of and receive the requests that we're making to him. We're receiving the answers to the prayers that we're making. Now, some of you might be shocked by this. 
I know I was when I first learned it. But this is the one indispensable thing. Taking it back to the Jose illustration again. Jose had to reach out and he had to seize hold of the kingdom of God's stuff, which we're praying for, and he had to bring that into his life. He had to make it his own. Now, Jesus makes this extremely clear, extremely clear in Mark eleven twenty four. This is a very familiar scripture to many of you, but I want you to try to listen to it with fresh ears. <laughs> Here's the scripture. Therefore, I say to you. And whenever there's a therefore in Scripture, you know that there's been stuff that's been said that's been good, but the author is now concluding it into a succinct and very meaningful summary. Therefore, I say to you, says Jesus, all things for which you pray and ask. Now, this is that, even that. Let's stop right there. All things for which you pray and ask. The word pray as an essential word, means to desire or wish. Did you know that? To pray essentially means to desire or wish. That's why Jesus adds, all things for which you pray and ask, because we have not as a church, because we ask not. In answered prayer, It is very important to come to the Lord and ask him for the answers that we're desiring. It's not enough to wish it, and it's not enough to just desire it. Those things are good. It shows that the will of God is kind of operating in our hearts, and that's good, because we're to ask according to his will. So then we ask, Lord, would you release the resources of your spiritual kingdom into my life in fullness. I want to walk in the kind of love that you have for people. I want to be able to love my enemies, God. That's a kingdom thing. I want to love those who hate me and despitefully use me in the words of King James. I want to be able to love those who despise me and reject me. Show them love. Incredible. Unhuman. <laughs> Takes God. So it's, the king, it's a kingdom thing. So, all right. So Jesus then goes on and say, pray and ask. So therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe, and here the word means, believe means being confident. This goes back to other scripture, being assured. Believe, be sure, be absolutely certain says Jesus, that you have received them and then they will be yours. Now, it's very interesting, the wording here. This is an indispensable part of prayer. If people don't know how to pray like this, their prayers are going to be less than fully effective. Okay? So here's what I've learned to do in prayer. Say I come to the Lord, and I need a great job. I need a job that fulfills my giftings. I need a job that fulfills all the bills, and then then there's more, and and it's meaningful. So I'm going to come to the Lord, and I believe this is the Lord's will for me. 
I'm coming to the end of this. I'm giving you an illustration here. An illustration actually that happened in this body. Is Paul Greenblade here? Is Paul here? I've told this story before. I was led by the Lord to go to Paul at one point when he was seeking a job. Arco had asked him to move to Houston to work with their corporation. And he and Cindy, his wife, said, no, we want to stay in this area for various reasons. And so... uh, he started looking around for a job and I heard about this and the Lord had been speaking to me about asking specifically. He was teaching me in prayer how to ask specifically. So I called Paul up and I said, can I go to you? Can I, can I pray with you, Paul? And can I help you? And let's try an experiment in praying specifically. So I sat down with Paul and I said, Paul, make a list of the exact kind of job you want to have. And he said, okay, it has to be within driving distance of, what did you say, 10, 15 miles? So he had these specific things, very specific. He wanted a certain amount of money. He wanted the job to be only so far from his home and not farther. He wanted it to have, there were certain two or three other things that were very specific. We made a list. So... I don't know whether I laid the hand, we laid our hands on the list or whatever, but we said to the Lord, Lord, we're coming to you and we are asking, we are asking for you to release from your heavenly realm the fulfillment of what we are asking for right here in these specifics. And by that time, I had learned how to pray so that when I was asking, I was receiving the answer by faith. That's really critical. To me, that's the one indispensable element. And so we said, Lord, we ask you and we receive from you in the invisible spiritual realm, not right now, by faith, by trust, by assurance. We receive from you the answers to these specific things we are asking. And we ask you to bring this into reality. And Lord, we receive it now in our hearts And we know that as the future flows ahead, you will bring these things into reality. And how long did it take before the Lord brought that to you, brother? How long? A month. So it took a month for the Lord to create it. But he created it because we believed it. We asked and believed, and then the Lord brought it into existence. And that has been a hallmark of the way God has, been, has taught me how to pray over the years of my Christian life after the first few years of not knowing how to pray. And so I can say with assurance that over and over again, God has come through. Now it takes time often for God to bring these answers, but the critical thing is for us to Ask him, and as we are asking, to believe that the answer is yes from him. Now, I'm going to challenge you right there. Let him decide if the answer is something else. But let your heart be single and clear, and let your eye be full of light, that the answer is yes from God, because you're asking according to his will. All right, now, I'm going to take one minute. I'm going to end with an exercise. Every one of you in this room has one area of need from the kingdom of God. 
Holy Spirit, bring that to mind right now. Okay. Now, I want you to pray. And I want you to ask. Remember, Jesus said, pray and ask. And then believe that you have received it even as you've prayed. So it's there for you in the spiritual realm. Even as you're praying. The answer is yes, God is giving it to you. Okay? So I want you to pray that way. It won't take long, but I just want you to pray that way. Okay, so let's start right now. You pray in the silence of your own heart and mind. Go to the Lord, ask him for that very thing, and believe that you receive it as you're praying. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Lord, I pray that this great, profound truth from your word, that we are to pray and ask, believing that we are receiving or have received even as we're praying, and then we will have what we ask for. God, I pray this great truth would be embedded and grow strong in the hearts of everyone in this room for the good of your own cause, the advancement of your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Healing ministry to my left, prophetic ministry to my right, all other prayer ministry of any kind right here in the middle. God bless you guys.